For the next three years, as we said, Mokere King will be focusing on the subjects of grace, growth, and gratitude. In this lesson, Yaruna, today, we'll focus on the secret to the growth of the church, which is unity. Now, in the first service, I laid quite a long foundation. I, I think I want to move a little further than I did in the first service. But I want to make certain remarks. One of the things that we fail to understand is that if the enemy, if Satan cannot stop us and stand against us and resist us pound for pound, what he will do is to try and use a strategy to get us to violate covenant and to violate spiritual law. See, as a born-again child of God, when you receive Christ, you were delivered from the kingdom of darkness. Amen. Amen. The day you said Christ come into your heart was no ordinary day. It was a day of change, transformation. You became a new creature and you changed kingdoms. You were taken out of the kingdom of darkness, placed into the kingdom of light, made to be an heir together with Jesus. The Holy Spirit came into your heart as a seal, a sign that you're God's child. And you're given authority as a child of God. So a child of God understanding who they are and every one of us walking in the fullness of who we are, Satan is no match for us. So that being true, Satan knowing he cannot stand against you pound for pound, what he will do is to get you, to get me, to violate my covenant rights and violate spiritual law so that he can take advantage. That's why I say, Paul, when he writes, he says, let Satan take advantage of us. In other words, he gets us to create a gap and open a door that gives him the legal right to neutralize our power. And one of those things is in the area of unity. If Satan can bring chaos, cause people to fight, cause people to be at war with each other, whether it's in a home, it's in the church, it's in communities, it's in a country, if Satan can do that, then he wins. We look at the wars that go around in the world. It's because people fail to sit down and talk and come to some agreement. Because being in unity doesn't suggest that we agree on everything. We can never agree on everything. However, we can agree on the main things and we can respectfully say to each other when it comes to that, when it comes to that, let's not deal with that, but let's agree to move on in this area. I'm saying this because as I travel around our country and around the world, I can safely say, Barcelona, there's a move of God that's coming on the church of Jesus Christ. I, I, I don't know, I don't hear you, I didn't hear you, amen. God is moving people's hearts in a mighty way. And 
whilst God is moving our hearts as the church of Jesus Christ generally, Satan knows there's nothing he can do to stop that. The only thing that he will do is to get us to fight one another. Because the minute we fight, we take our attention off his kingdom and we lose focus of our purpose. Can I hear an amen? amen? And so the title of my message this morning is Unified in Purpose. Note, I didn't say unified in approach, in method. I said unified in purpose. If we can all agree that this is the direction we need to go and we can all go in that direction together and embrace our diversities and differences, then we will go far. When you look in the Godhead, and I'm going to read it in a short while, you'll note that in the Godhead, there is diversity. And yet the Godhead, we say God is one. Maybe let me read the scriptures before I go there. I don't want to go ahead of myself. In Acts chapter 4, verse 32 to 35, it reads as follows. All the believers were one in heart and mind. That means they're one in purpose. No one claimed that any of his possession was his own, but they shared everything they had. Satan doesn't know how to stop believers when they are of one purpose. In fact, if you want to really understand the power of this, go back to the book of Genesis, the story of the Tower of Babel. As the people were together, they devised in their hearts to build themselves a tower that would reach the heights of heaven. Now that wasn't God's will for them. It wasn't what God told them to do, but the people decided, and you must listen to the language that God is using. He says this, Behold, the people are one, and this they have decided to do. And then he says, And now nothing shall be withheld from them that they have imagined to do. God himself said, I can't stop them. The only way to stop them is to cause them to have a misunderstanding when they talk to one another. So when they talk to each other, they couldn't understand one another. And because of not understanding one another, it broke the power of that unity and their power was dissipated. And this is exactly the way the enemy works. When he brings divisions, when he brings strife, when he causes us to have misunderstandings in our homes, in our relationships, in churches, and we fight and we fight. And, and when, when we fight, we dissipate our power. Look at your neighbors not saying amen and say, now we'll say amen, even when I say amen. It says, no one claimed that any of his possession was his own, but they shared everything they had. Verse 33, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them. We'll explore that as some time. With great power, they gave witness of the resurrection of Jesus. What is that? The power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Spirit, they were a powerful church. They walked in miracles. There was the manifestation of the power of God among them. But not only the power was there, grace was on them. Not just great, but great grace. Because grace has measures. 
great grace. In other words, it was a grace on them, the ability to do and achieve things. It became easy for them to get things done. When other people never sokola, bonaba never sasokoli, because there was a grace on them. Grace. When the grace is on you, when you make a mistake, your mistakes will not destroy you. God will still take you somewhere, mistakes and all. Oh, I see the grace of God upon somebody's life. Great grace was upon him. But what is it that produced that atmosphere? conducive for grace, for power. It was they were all of one mind and of one heart. They were united in purpose. Oh, yeah. Many churches want to achieve a lot, but there's a lot of fighting in churches. Yeah. Church members are fighting. Baruti Balwana, departments di Alwana, you know. And I can tell by the way you put in thing. Remember what I said. If Satan can't stop us, he can't block us, he can't stand against us pound for pound. But what he will do, he will make sure we ourselves create a weak link. And when people start fighting and having issues with each other and not forgiving one another, it's a problem. Note what it says, verse 34. There was no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought their money, fraud their sales, put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had needs. The New Living Translation says in verse 32, all the believers were united in heart and mind. What is that? We're united in purpose. We're united in purpose. The Message Bible says, the whole congregation of believers was united as one, one heart, one mind. They didn't even claim ownership of their own possessions. No one said, that's mine. You can't have it. They shared everything. Yeah. Unity in purpose is exactly what we do in marriage. The man and the woman can never be the same personality. None of us is the same personality with another. And there are certain traits that are characteristic of the ladies as there are certain traits that are characteristic of the men. Generally speaking, generally speaking, generally speaking, men are not really great communicators. How? How? You know, when, I, when I've been from a trip and I come back home, Bishop, I just make one line. No, I've learned better. I tried to be expressive, but still. But when the ladies talk, they talk about everything. 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 Everything, everything, young into everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's almost like when you have a difference of opinion, you know. You know, you just want to say, okay, this is what I did. No, Ababuika this. And when you're listening and you're wondering, Mara, Mara, Mara. And let me tell you guys, no matter how much you want to change hair, she's not going to change. And let me tell you girls, no matter how much you try to change him, it's not going to change. The best way is for him and her to learn to work together. Oh, yeah. And to work together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're not going to stop him from trying to my gang. Not gang, gangsters. Get your lady friends. Because men like to go out It's just in us. But never at all. 
When he leaves home, ladies, it's not because he doesn't love you or he's bored. No. He has to go out. He'll come back a better husband. Don't worry. So, so how much top why not? Guys, she, she, she'll always want to take more time when she goes shopping. It doesn't matter what you say. You understand me? And if you're wise, you just let it be. When you go shopping, go. No other appointments must you have. <laughs> we, 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 we have to work it out. We have a, a nice thing that we've worked out, Lima Bishop, which I'm very grateful for. At least we understand. I said to you, what's working, wife? I don't mind going shopping with you. Mara, I have a threshold. <laughs> in, my, in my grandmother's words, anybody knows that I'm <laughs> So we have an agreement. We can go shopping together and we go through all the aisles and we go through all the aisles. And then I give okay, can I go sit down? In the early days, we used to fight about that. But as we grew up and matured and learned to be in unity, we struck a compromise. So she said, no, you can go and sit down. So I'll go and sit down, or whatever. You know, and then after and then we go back, you know, and then and then after some few hours, of course. <laughs> so the thing is, Barcelona, if if you're not wise as a guy, you'll try to rush her. And you'll try to make him to be like you. With me, and I really like it when they deal with the, the sales lady and I watch the two ladies, you know. It's very amazing when you see women shopping and they, and they don't mind. But that's the way God has made them. But the guys don't understand that. So what happens? You fight. Trying to make a change and force her to change, you're not wise. Trying to force him to change, you're not wise. Make room for the guy. Hey, your amens are subdued. Eh? <laughs> I know some of you, you don't want to say a loud amen because you're sitting next to your wife or your husband. How about that again? But the same thing with churches. You know, yesterday I had a very interesting discussion. After, you know, the, 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 the apostle were consecrating some of his families are in other churches, you know, mainline churches. So they were commenting about the consecration that I was doing, that, hey, you did it well, and so on, and we are so impressed because they come from a church background where the consecration, they do it very well. You know, we're charismatics. We, we borrow other people's things without studying them. Huh? Yeah, you see people wearing collars, you just take a collar and you put it on. You don't even know for them to wear a collar. What happened? And what are the protocols? Yeah. Yeah. You hear people being called bishop? bishop, bishop. So people get saved today. They start a church tomorrow. Come Monday. And then on Tuesday, by pizza bishop. They don't even understand. So the Kadiman talks about too, but we never ask where they are. So this guy was very impressed. I said, don't worry. We work with people. We ask. But the interesting thing is that all of us as churches, we have our own liturgy. We have our own style of worship. Every church in another style is Sion, you see. And, 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 and maturity is learning to understand how other people do what they do. And to be adaptable. But everybody will have their own style. Yeah. If you look at our generation, Generation Aruna, there are certain things that are in a certain way. 
certain values, certain things we believe in. And you look at the younger generation, the key is to learn to work together. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'll work together with you, even if kisara temara. Yeah. In John 17, one of the most powerful prayers that Jesus prayed. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. He was praying for his disciples. He says, I'm not praying for these disciples alone, but I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory you gave me that they may be one as we are one. Jesus says to the God the Father, we are one. Now let me point out some things to show you. Against our understanding of one is one unitary. That's what we, you know, one e one, to come on. But that's not the concept of one that we find in the Bible. That's why people find it very difficult to understand, you know, the triune God. God being one God expressed through three persons. Now it's not three personalities, it's three persons. Yeah, I don't understand it, Bishop. Lenage understand. Because our minds can't understand that type of oneness. How is it that in the Godhead, and allow me please, I'm not being irreverent. If you were to analyze Jesus Christ, if there was a way to analyze if he is made of the God matter, at the very core of the analysis, you'll find that he is God to the core. All the, all the qualities that make God God are found in Christ. And all the qualities that make God God are found in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just as much God as Jesus the Son. Jesus the Son is just as much God as God the Father. And yet, when you look at their function, and when you listen to what Jesus says, they are so diverse in their responsibilities. It looks like when you read the Bible, God the Father is the visionary. He's the one who makes the plans. And he's the one who assigns and sends. Jesus the Son is the one who goes and carries out the instructions. The Holy Spirit is the one who comes and confirms what Jesus has done. Yeah. One day they ask Jesus, will you come back at such and such a time? He says, no man knows the time and the hour. It's only the Father who knows, it's only him that is left in his hands. Ha, Cheso, I thought you are God like your Father God. I thought you are equal, comrades. I thought you are all equal. I thought you were on the same level. He says, yeah, we're on the same level, but I don't know when I'm coming back. That's not in my authority. In other words, even if I'm just as much God as God the Father, in my role, I don't get to make those decisions and I don't even know. But they're all God. So our understanding of that is that inequality. It's not inequality. It's still oneness. So when it says the husband is the head of the home, we listen to it through the western ears. Kaurarare, he's the head. Shohore now, he's above, he's the boss. No, no. Headship means the one who takes responsibility for. Yeah. So the husband is the head. In the Godhead, God is the one who makes the decision. He's the one who is the head of the Godship. In a church, the pastor is the head of the congregation. So we don't understand oneness. So Jesus prays, says, Lord, I want them to be one like that. Verse 22, I've given them my glory, the glory you gave to me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them, watch that, 
you in me that they may be brought into complete unity to let the world know that you have sent me what is he saying he's saying the people in the world will never believe our message as Christians for as long as we walk in division oh yeah oh yeah for as long as we find one another and criticize one another we will never succeed in bringing people to the Lord and it's a sad thing if a Christian will go and run down other Christian people and talking to them to an unsaved person. It's a sad thing. It's a sad thing. It's a sad thing. The Message Bible says, I'm praying not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. The goal is for all of them to become one of heart and one of mine, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so there might be one heart and mind with us, then the world might believe that you, in fact, have sent me. The same glory you gave me, I gave to them. Can I hear an amen, Brother? Can I hear an amen? amen? So the early church then was unified in purpose. Let me move on a little bit. They knew why they existed. But as long as we can unite around why we are here, and pursue that. For instance, in December, we're having prayer. We're going to have the prayer in the morning, right? In the youth hall, it will still be on Facebook. In the evening, we come back here uh, from Wednesday, we'll have it in the evening, right? When we unite around that, and we work together around that, it's a great thing. Now, when we come to prayer, some people, skinny jeans, whatever. We'll all be dressed differently. Everybody will be having their own anything. We'll all be different. Mara, we, 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 the reason we're there is not the hair, is not the dress code. We are there to pray. Are you there, Are you there? We, we have to understand that. See, what makes the, the church of Jesus Christ and the body of Christ different? When Paul talks about it, he says there's no Jew, there's no Gentile. There's no bond, there's no free. In the body of Christ, here, yeah. There's no ethnicity here, there shouldn't be. We are diverse, we are different ethnic groups. We are different in terms of our educational background, our economic status. We come from different backgrounds. We have different persuasions. We have different dress codes. That shouldn't be the issue. The, the miracle Yamona should be that we can sit together side by side with our diversity. No matter how different you are to me, you are my brother and you are my sister. And we can join hands together for the unity of purpose, which is to bring down the kingdom of the devil, which we will do so in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it says the multitude of them who believed were of one heart. In other words, Jesus had enlisted his followers to a life of service. All of them had different tasks, but the same calling. They coexisted at different generations, different age groups. This is what I like here. Different age groups. I often joke when I'm with some of our leaders, Kiri. It's always nice when we lead the music.
to look at the responses of the different age groups in our church. There are certain songs already been won all of us as a candidates ready been. Because you know, it's a song that resonates with us. We used to sing it mandul. And let pay see it allows for our joints. Tim. 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 And then they come and say, Mani Bongwe, you come, and they don't see your young people. <laughs> There's a different age group, and you see the, 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 the Sasa people, but jump in their hearts, and we go students. Mani Bongwe. That's a wonderful thing about church. And we have to have all genres of music. Skararasabili style is our high, my house, and leave you That's, that's the wonderful thing about the church. You know, I like what my bishop did, you know, when she brought up Ntoya September a cultural celebration. I think we must salute her for that, Bazaar. I think she did well. Hey, I mean, September, when we come with our different attires and, and we, we get into our different style of music and songs and, and you see this beautiful diversity. Everybody's so different. That's the uniqueness of the body of Christ. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? Even though we have different tasks, we all have the same calling. We all have the same Lord. We are all called to fulfill the great commission. Jesus said, you have one leader. We have one leader, Jesus. We have one purpose, to communicate the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the early believers, they got it. They understood that. So let's see what they had. Number one, they had, they had unity in the church. Acts 4.32 said, they shared in this unity, not just the apostles, not just the leaders, but even the believers were united. There was solidarity of love, solidarity of purpose, because to be of one mind means to be unified in every fiber of your being. They were in family relationships. In other words, they shared the same spiritual father being God Almighty. They shared the same spiritual birth. They were born again into the family of God. So they were family in relationships. B, they were friends in fellowship. Pasalana, connect to people in the church. Go to a cell group. Become friends with somebody. I tell many of the young people that we are mentoring in ministry befriend some other muruti be friends with each other and i'm one i'm glad that they're listening in the grace family of churches which is called pcn which was called pcn i've encouraged them when one has a conference go and support when the other is dedicating their church go and support become friends invite one another connect to somebody so in the early church they shared their lives together they shared their possessions with one another. They went beyond just speaking a kind word or giving a pet on the back. This is what we see in cell groups. I mean, I've been so blessed. I mean, with, uh, you know, we had a funeral of one of our lady pastors in one of our regions recently. And when we went to the funeral, I was so moved, Bazalana, to see the way the cell groups had united together. I tell you, 
Even when the people stood up to speak, well, the cell members would come and pray. They would help her cut this and they would do this and do this. And the family was just sitting and just looking at all this. Pastor it's a wonder for people when they see that we can be closer to each other because of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you there, Pastor Yeah. Learn to connect to your sister and your brother. These early believers, they great priority to meeting the physical and practical needs that were evident in their community. So we help one another. Now we don't say, Pasalana, we should be exploited. Because sometimes there are people who sneak into churches and they are people who are chelet You know, these are the people who mess up things that God wants to do. Just be known, just be aware always, alright? And don't be catchable. Tell your neighbor, don't be catchable. But having said that, don't stop being generous. Don't stop being generous. You know, it, it blesses me so much more when I hear that uh, this person who told him because one of our people was working somewhere, they saw a good position. When they got a job, they didn't disappoint the person who recommended them. They worked hard. I, I love it. I just love it. This one gave me a buzzer. It goes along this. You know, this is what the church is about. Look at your neighbor and say, you're my sister, you're my brother. Just look at them and say, you're my sister, you're my brother. So the early disciples find that they should connect together in their community of faith. See, they were followers of Christ in partnership. What do we mean? These men and women shared an enterprise of together. They didn't only assemble merely for family gatherings or for making sure that their physical needs were met. They came together to obtain an objective. Just to meet. We are here because we want to do serious damage to the kingdom of darkness. I'm telling you. We want to pray prayers that will paralyze the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. We want to worship God and lift God high above. We want to bring people here who don't know Christ that they should be born again by the power of God. Can I hear an amen? Much as we are people from different backgrounds, with different interests, different perspective, we've been called together for a purpose. And that purpose is to cooperate together in reaching out beyond our walls so that others can know the love of Christ. It can be through preaching. It can be through philanthropic work. It can be through acts of kindness. It can be through anything. In other words, ours is to save lives. We are in the life-saving business. However, that endeavor can be best accomplished when we understand that we are in partnership with each other. We are in unity with one another. So number one, these early believers, number one, they had unity in the church. Number two, they experienced the power of God. You see, when we have purpose, then God can release power. God never uses his power as a waste. Get purpose and see how God will empower you. Because purpose is the power in the engine of the life of the church. We meet here to get people saved, to see that destinies are changed, 
to pray for families, to unite families, to bring healing in homes, healing in homes, to train people, help people mature, help people amplify and maximize in their potential. We are creating a space for young people to be groomed, young people to be taught. We give them a platform to practice their skills, to hone their skills. We give them a platform to learn and know. We model to them what godliness is. We show them, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. See, without pimples, there is no motion. And when you have pimples and motion, then emotions follow. We are not a people who are just emotional. Running around, we are not a people who have activity without accomplishment. We want to be efficient with the power of God. We don't want to waste the anointing on useless things. We have an intention to see a generation change. We want to see lives change. We want to see the community change. We want to see righteousness in our streets. We understand that we are the light of the world. We are a city set on a hill. We're not going to hide our light. We're not going to apologize. We're not going to sit in a little corner. We're going to sit on the mountain top on a hill that our light can be seen. The early disciples had focus. Just like when you use a laser beam. A laser beam is simply taking the scattered rays of light, the divided rays of light, converging them and compressing them into one unit. The same light that could only give brightness, that couldn't cut into steel, when you take the same light and bring it into unity and compress it into oneness and it becomes a laser beam, It increases the power and the potential that was already there, but never maximized. For as long as we're all over the shore, for as long as we're divided, for as long as we don't have unity of purpose, unity of mind, we will never have power. This is why there is nothing that the devil can do about it. Can I hear a good amen? I love it in the morning when we pray. You know, in the morning prayer, I was, I was telling them in the meeting, yeah, our leaders, Kiri, you know, uh, you know, when we moved to doing prayer on Facebook, I was very uncomfortable and nervous. Because all along I'd led prayer, looking at people, and like right now I'm preaching, I can see, you know. I don't know how many of you know, the audience always gives you feedback. Yeah. Some of you, you are friendly faces. You are the face that I want to look at when I'm preaching. And some of you, the Lord bless you. You can read an audience. You can tell if people understand. You can tell when people get with the preaching. You can tell there are times when I move away from the script because I can feel the spirit and I can feel people pulling certain things out of the teaching. And I can hear there's a need here. You, you, can, you can tell. You can tell. Yeah, it comes by the anointing, Barcelona. It comes by the anointing. So I was very concerned. I'm going to be talking to a people that I can't see on Facebook. They can see me, but I can't see them. I just see their comments. And Baba and Baba were with each other. How are you, my sister in Christ? And I'm thinking, ah, some of you, you are delinquent. Wait. 
God bless you, CC. But you know, I can be honest with you. As we have continued on Facebook, something has begun to happen. There's a certain unity that is there and a certain way. Are you there, Basalana? Are you there, Basalana? And there are times, when, and I was telling them in the morning, there are times when I can almost tell and sense where the people are at, where they are. And you can sense the anointing of God. I mean, it's just all over. And I've spoken to people afterwards. And, and it's amazing, Basalana. We have people from other churches joining, Baruti Baba. One minister in Awila Kuala, his prayer meeting, our Rebekah attending early. Hey! But you know, here's the interesting thing. Different backgrounds, different churches, but united in purpose. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So now in January, when we come here in the morning, I'd advise some of you to join in. We'll be here. Monday the 4th. We'll be here at 5 o'clock. Remote in the morning. Right, so we'll pray them be in the, in the youth hall, but it will still be on Facebook, by the way. So those of you who can't drive all the way, Facebook is the thing for you. And then the following day, then we will move to the evening sessions. We'll be here in the evening in the main auditorium in the evening, but we'll still be on Facebook. I want you to note, Bazalana, what's going to happen in that prayer. prophet before I want you to see what's going to happen. You know, first time. Uh, Pastor Giet Koza came, came to the prayer meeting. He calls me elder brother. I call him younger brother. So I say, hey, elder brother. When you pray, I just could feel my hair standing on edge. There's a power in there. What does Satan do? He gets people who come into prayer meetings to defect from their purpose. Instead of praying, Instead of praying, about other people. So very soon, because of getting them to defect and be distracted, he neutralizes your power. Yeah. See, if Satan can't stop you, he will try to cause you to be defected. Just be wise. So these disciples, they walked in power. The power was evident, number one, by the growth of the church. The scholars estimate that during these first 25 years of the Jerusalem church, it grew from 120 people to almost 100,000 people. The power was evidenced as well in their ability to withstand satanic assault. As soon as the Holy Spirit came upon the church, Satan launched a ferocious counterattack. Anytime when God moves, there'll always be persecution. Do not be surprised. But that persecution will not be able to neutralize what God wants to do. As a matter of fact, the church is strongest when it's been persecuted the most. The glory of God is brightest when the church is persecuted the most. We know that there was physical violence on the church. They were thrown in prison. Then there was moral corruption when we see Ananias and Sapphira lying in the church. Thirdly, there was a subtle ploy to distract and deflect the apostles by moving them into administrative responsibilities instead of them continuing to preach and pray. But see, the power was also evidence in them finding strength in diversity. 
Remember, Barcelona, when Pentecost hit Jerusalem, people had come from all over the world, all nations of the world. They came from all different backgrounds, different nations, different localities. There was an assortment of gifts, talents, and all these people integrated together, just like you do with an incredible orchestra. When you have incredible symphony with all different instruments that are distinct and unique in their making. If you play one instrument on its own, it is so different from the other instrument. And yet, you can get these instruments to play from the same score sheet. And when they get united in making common music and playing the same keys and cooperating together, then you have beautiful music. So to create this singleness in spirit, in identity, in purpose, is for us to celebrate how we are a symphony. To know that I'm not you and you are not me. And you can never be me. But that we need you on the team. And this magnificent variety and diversity creates beautiful sounds. Unity, therefore, exists best in the midst of diversity. And that's what I like, Mokere King. We are so diverse, so different, and I like it. There's no group A dominator, Baba. Love it! <laughs> Wonderful. That's the way the church should be. We should celebrate our diversity. Because we need that diversity. But we connect as well in unity. Finally, not only did these people have unity, not only did they experience the power of God, they also finally experienced the favor of God. See, Bazalana, God's favor, as much as it cannot be earned, we can create the right environment for it. When grace comes our way, it's because we have created the right environment. See, favor and grace are the same. Grace simply means unmerited love or unmerited favor. God is a generous God who wants his favor to be upon our lives. But the environment, if it's toxic, God's favor cannot be upon us. So these early believers experienced the favor of God. They moved in the favor of God. They experienced an anointing on a high level, on a powerful level. And I believe when we join our hearts in unity, we will see that favor. That favor will be seen in people being saved, people being healed. It will be seen in homes being reconciled, lives being built up again. That favor will be seen in you at work. As you work, God will take you to positions you've never been in. It will be seen in your business when business deals come your way. You see, you are losing a chance to say amen. You are losing a chance for the anointed to come upon you. The favor of God will be seen upon you as people choose you and they, they go for you for, for no apparent reason. They just want you to be the one. And the one you don't understand, you get things that you didn't apply for. You get things that you didn't ask for and you don't know why. And you may not be the best in the group, Mara, they come from you. I see the favor of God upon your life. Oh yeah. But when the church walks in unity, there's a favor that comes upon them. 
There's a move of God and the, and the greatest favor is the favor of the presence of God and the anointing of God upon our lives. And this is why I was telling them in the first service, if you read the history of revival, when revival happened, the first thing that LME started doing is to cause the church to be in division. Oh, yeah. I was telling them about the Pentecostal movement. It's just so great to talk to people who have studied these things. I don't know how many of you know that uh, Penham, who was a, a Bible scholar and a lecturer at university in the U.S., as he was teaching in Bible school, asked his students this question. We are born again, all right? We are God's children. There's no question about it. But when I read the Bible, I see people being filled with the Spirit and speaking in other tongues. Can that happen to us? You know, when God starts causing you to ask questions and dig deeper, you know God is working in your heart. Yeah. Because you see, God responds to people who are inquisitive, who wants to know, who are hungry and who are thirsty. If you are passive, you'll never experience the move of God. So he started digging deeper and he, he gave his students an assignment. Now this was a white Bible school and please forgive me, that's the fact and the history of it. So they went and did a study, brought back their findings and he started teaching about the outpouring of the spirit. Just back then in the 1900s when slavery was at its worst in America. And so he conducted his classes and it just so happened that in this white community, there was one guy who was, and let me say it in a way that it will mean something to you. Really, that's what it was. Who was a garden boy, is to call him. Working in the gardens. Black guy by the name of Daddy Seymour. Somehow he had a hunger for God. Unfortunately, he wasn't very educated, hadn't gone fight school, but he had this hunger for God and he wanted to attend these classes. But because of the segregation and slavery, they couldn't allow him into the class of white people. He said, all right, if I can't attend the class, can you allow me at least to listen to the lessons? I'll sit outside the class and I will listen through the keyhole. And so Daddy Simon sits outside and starts listening to the teaching and God being God. <laughs> His anointing begins to fall on Daddy Simon. He's so mightily touched by God and touched by the Spirit of God that he starts preaching. In the real sense, who happened to be black. And as he's preaching, we heard from Kong Hee that he was preaching from Romans 5 5. To him, the evidence of the Pentecost was that you walk in the love of God. So he was teaching about love. But as he's teaching about love and as he's talking about unity, there's something about love, there's something about unity. It creates an atmosphere from the move of God. And as he's preaching, the anointing of God begins to fall on people and they begin to speak in other tongues as this man is preaching. They begin to say, yeah, these ladies, they start speaking in tongues and speaking in tongues. And very soon, word goes out that there's a move of God there. There's something that God is doing. And so more people come. More people come. And then they start realizing what my tea girl is different. 
There's something about her that is unique. I want to know who the king. And uh, the ladies being the ladies, she starts telling madam, hey madam, we are meeting in a barn. So madam decides, one day, I'm going to go to these meetings because he doesn't want to see me being with black people. So madam then changes and she goes to the meeting, the husband and sits down in this service that's conducted by this black man. And this black man begins preaching and the power of God comes upon madam and madam stiletto and all the power of God throws her to the ground and she starts speaking in other tongues. Come on somebody, are you here? Madam starts speaking in other tongues. And Madam goes home and tells her husband, hey, you must go there. And soon many of the white ladies come to the meeting and then the white guy's white husband says, there's no way. This black guy's not going to lay his black hand on my white wife. Oh yeah. And the split comes in the move of God that went into two streams. In America, years ago, Assemblies of God and the Church of God in Christ. Church of God in Christ is the black root of it. Assemblies of God is the white root of it. That's what the devil does. When God begins to move, he begins to sow divisions among us. Yeah. There should not be any divisions among us. We should refuse to allow the spirit of division. Because we want to see the move of God. If you believe that, give the Lord a big hand. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. And that is why, therefore, on that last night, Jesus prayed this prayer, which stand as the best prayer. So which means this as I close. When we walk in unity, we are causing the prayer of Jesus to be answered. With everything that was coming his way, he prayed for unity. With the cross that was in front of him, he prayed that we would love one another. We would move together in unity and in love. He prayed that his disciples would love one another. He prayed for his disciples to be together. He doesn't want his father's children to be in squabbles because disunity disturbs him. He says, if you are not in unity, how will people believe you when you say, I've sent you? Jesus is saying, how will the world believe that God has sent you? No, it won't. If you don't agree with each other, if you don't solve your controversies together, if you never make doctrinal errors and help one another, if you don't love one another, when the world sees Catholics, Protestants, Evangelicals, Pentecostals, Charismatics, when they see us hold hands together, when they see us putting aside our differences, understanding that we have different persuasions, we have different ways of expressing ourselves, then the world will understand. See, this, this unity is not merely a scandal for us as unbelievers. It becomes a stumbling block for those who want to come into faith. See, unity is the key of reaching the world for Christ. Unity is the key of fulfilling our God-ordained purpose and spreading the message of Jesus Christ. Unity is the atmosphere in which we can see the fullness of the power of God. God sees us as one. One flock, one leader, one spirit, one God. 
one faith, one church. No difference between male and female. No difference between slave and free. No difference between rich and poor. No difference between the educated and the uneducated. No difference between ethnicities. No difference between age groups. They're all one. They're all mine. They're all connected. Unity begins when we demand of one another and understand that we are not perfect in ourselves. Unity grows when we learn to accept our differences and forgive when we have been wronged. Unity continues as we humbly serve those who are different to us. Unity is fulfilled as we focus on who we believe in rather than what we believe in. Unity is favored as we lovingly take the message of Jesus Christ to a divided world. And I can tell you, Bazalana, I can see on the horizon the clouds forming. The rain is forming. Revival is on the horizon. Let's not block it. I don't know if you've been there where you've seen clouds forming, particularly after drought. And I mean, it's welcome clouds. We are looking forward to the rain. And you can see them forming and and from nowhere, a wind comes that begins to carry the clouds away, further away from where they are needed the most. And finally, it doesn't rain because something came to take away what we were hoping for. May we never in any way create an atmosphere where the winds of division are going to come and carry away the cloud of revival. Ah, may we be those people who will pray and ask the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. For the Lord will make bright clouds and he will give them showers of rain to everyone grass in the field. That's what Zechariah says. Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. We used to sing a song back then. I don't think the group knows it, but we will try it with you. It says, you are my brother. You are my sister. So take me by the hand. Together we will walk until he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us whilst we're walking side by side. For as long as there is love, we will stay. Look at the person next to you. You are my brother. You are my sister. So take me by the hand. Together we will walk until he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us. Whilst we're walking side by side For as long as there is love We will stay You see, they were with us, go homemakers Even if they were 14 years old, you were even if they were 14 years old, and at least they used to sing. So, All right, hold, hold your brother and your sister's hand. Hold their hand. We'll sing it again. Tell them again. Let's sing it together. You are my brother, you're my sister. 
So take me by the hand. So take me by the hand. Together we will stand. Together we will until he comes. Until he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us. Walking side by side. Walking side by side. As long as there is love. As long as there is love. We will stand. We will stand. Let's start again. You are my brother, you are my sister. You are my brother, you are my sister. So take me by the hand. So take me by the hand. Together we will stand. Together we Until he comes. Until he Side by side. side by side as long as there is love I give yourself a hand let me give yourself a hand but you know the problem is our humanness we really mess up what God wants to do. Yeah. You know, we give in to our issues. We, we divide and we see ourselves better than others. We think we're the only ones. We don't have the capacity to accommodate people who are unique in their own way. And I pray that God will help us in that way. Would you raise your hands to the Lord? Would you raise your hands to the Lord? Father, we ask you to forgive us. Forgive us for allowing the spirit of division to drive us apart in our homes, in our relationships, in churches, in businesses, in schools, in communities. Where we have spoken an evil word against our brother and our sister, forgive us. We've opened the door and we've allowed the enemy to take advantage of it. So we pray, be gracious to us. In the name of Jesus. Keep your heads bowed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we are standing right now, I want to ask you, some of you have been invited. You've come on your own. Jesus Christ is not yet the savior of your life. You are not born again yet. You don't know Christ. And you are not born again and you're not a child of God. But you want to receive Christ in your life. You say, you know what? My life is not where God wants it to be. I need prayer. Would you please pray for me that Christ would change my life? Would you raise your hand, please? Let me see right where you are. Just raise it high. You want to give your life to Christ. Just raise your hand high, please. Let me see it. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Can I ask the people who raise their hands, would you just come to the front, take your belongings and walk to the front. I want to pray for you. 